Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You're listening to the Jacob Media Sports Network in partnership with AM1490 Sports Betting Radio. Subscribe to the Jacob Media channel on YouTube for access to all daily sports content. All right, welcome back. The Fix is live on a Thursday, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. inside the Prop Swap Studios of AM1490 Sports Betting Radio. And another another day, I was going to say day, you know, whatever it is, of Carson Wentzgate. Uh, and John McMullen and I have been talking about it every damn night at 7.30. Uh, follow John on Twitter at jfmcmullen, phillyvoice.com. SI.com and host of Extending the Play every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 11, right here on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. John, how are we doing tonight? Doing well, Ryan. A uh, little bit, holding up a little bit better than you. You seem frustrated with Carson Wentzgate. We can talk about the coaches today. They announced the coaching staff, finally. Yeah, let, let's talk coaches, man, because I'm, I'm a little bit worn down from Carson Wentz. He's, he's gotten to me. He's gotten to a lot of people. <laughs> uh, the, you know, it, it seems triangular. It's a, it's a triangular firing squad. Howie hates Doug. Doug hates Howie. Howie hates Carson. Blah blah blah. Everybody hates everybody. As the world turns. That's Philadelphia in a nutshell, my friend. Um, all right, so let's. Uh, you you take the wheel here. Where do you want to start with the coaches? Uh, 23 deep, which is actually, you know, I, I always see those numbers and I think, wow, that's where we are, 23 coaches uh, for an NFL team. But the the Eagles are actually on the low end of that spectrum. Uh, I think uh, Urban Meyer announced his first Jacksonville coaching spot. Today. I think he's at 28 or 29. So uh, that's the way the NFL is going. Soon we're going to get uh, one-to-one player ratios, like coach to students. <laughs> you know, back when I was young, they threw us all in the classroom, and poor one teacher had to deal with us all. Now it's about getting it down to uh, as as many as few pupils for each coach as possible. And 
Yeah, we'll see how it works out. I talked a lot uh, about the lack of experience on this staff. I think I, I think that's a legitimate concern. I mean, most of the names we already knew and we've been talking about for a while, uh, and it starts with the coordinator, Shane Steichen, uh, is 35, Jonathan Gann is 37, Michael Clay is 29, the special teams coordinator. He's um, the youngest coordinator in the NFL as of right now. So um, it's a very young group. They added Alex Tanney, who retired two days ago, sort of like a mini Josh McCown. Hasn't been playing as long, obviously, as Josh, but um, backup quarterback for a number of teams, called it quits two days ago, and boom, he's a quality control coach on the Eagles. So, uh, And he's still older than Nick Rallis, who's the linebacker's coach. He's 27. He's, he's the youngest of them. He's the baby of the lot. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about the youth on this coaching staff a lot, John, uh, over the past month or so, however long it's been. And you've brought up, you know, maybe, you know, maybe Howie and, and Lori bring in a consultant or, you know, someone in not a made up role, but an added role with some experience who's a little bit older, uh, both literally and just, you know, on the sideline uh, age wise. Do you still think that's a, a possibility? Uh, you never know because you can do these things pretty much at any time. I mean, who knows? We could be in the spring, um, even though I don't think there's going to be OTAs again uh, this season, this year because of COVID. But um, they could, you know, get together and surmise, wow, this is, <laughs> for a lack of a better term, not working. And maybe we need somebody with some experience. And there's always somebody like that uh, on the streets. Uh, you saw it last year with Marty Morningwick. That was later, bringing him in when the Eagles probably couldn't get what they wanted at offensive coordinator, and all of a sudden they bring him back. Uh, you see this kind of stuff happen all the time. So you can do that at any point. And I, I've said, to me, it's not really about anything more than being a sounding board. I, I would have liked to have had a former head coach and even if it was just in a consultant role, just to be there, uh, if Nick Sirianni had any questions about, I, I always talk about this job, you know, people focus on the football stuff, and that's the easy part. <laughs> it's a much bigger job than that. Uh, and that's what every single head coach I've ever talked to, when I ask him, what's different, what didn't you expect, they all say, don't get much time to work on football because you got so much other stuff to do. And it's, he's going to find that out pretty quickly. You know, you've, you've talked about Dave Thipp in the past um, and, and just how, I don't know, underappreciated he may have been, whether that's to the fans or the average person or to the franchise. And yeah, he's the special teams coordinator. So that comes with the territory a little bit. Um, Michael Clay, you know, you, you mentioned the youth and, he seems like he's he's going to do a nice job with the team, and I have no nothing really to back that. I want you I want you to back it, but just your thoughts on Michael Clay, and he, he seems like a, a potential head coach down the road. Well, I, I think a lot of people um, look at special teams coordinators now as being more viable as head coaches. I think two things: one, John Harbaugh kind of changed that thought process, his success. Uh, but really, you know, people talk about it more now, but they rarely pull the trigger, probably because they're afraid to go against the grain. I mean, that's 
the the reality. But the thought, and you've seen it over the NFL uh, a number of years. When um, now, when people need interim coaches, the most recent being um, Cleveland, when when Kevin Stefanski was down and tested positive for for COVID, um, they went with the special teams coordinator, Mike Prefer. Why? Because that's the only other coach on a coaching staff that deals with the entire team. Um, you think about it. The offensive coordinator doesn't do anything with the defense. Um, the defensive coordinator doesn't do anything with the offense. The only one who gets to address the entire team besides the head coach is the special teams coordinator. So uh, a lot of organizations talk lip service about special teams guys. Um, um, and Dave has been one of those names. I mentioned Mike Prefer. He did the same thing in Minnesota when Mike Zimmer had eye surgery. They needed a coach. He couldn't coach. Mike Prefer is who they chose. Um, uh, um, Jim Fossil, um, uh, when the Rams needed an interim coach, he, he got the call. Uh, so it, 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 that's a, the way a lot of people think. But then when it comes to hiring somebody, they don't pull the trigger. I know Keith Armstrong has gotten a lot of uh, interviews over the years. Uh, but it surprises me that more guys haven't gotten an opportunity because of, of John Harbaugh's success. Um, and and he, he was here, obviously, as Andy Reid's long-time special teams coordinator. But even that, people kind of forget. His last year, he was shifted over to a uh, secondary coach. And it, it's almost like he needed that extra tag to get a chance and an opportunity. It's weird. These, these habits are you're swimming upstream when you're trying to break them. All right, so I ask you about special teams with Clay. Let's, let's go to the defense. Uh, and you have an article up on SI.com. Talking about, uh, you know, something on the defense in particular, something the fans have talked a lot about on Twitter, uh, you know, with the new D coordinator in Gannon coming, Jim Schwartz departing, uh, the linebacker position, you know, that's that's a popular topic of discussion on the defense. You uh, discussed in your article, will we see a change in philosophy with the change in D.C.? Yeah, you would think so, almost. Well, almost for two reasons, because, one, you have to. <laughs> I mean, you have to value that position more than the Eagles have, almost by mistake. And, and honestly, if you think about last year already, and you think about the draft, um, the Eagles did draft the linebacker in the third round, uh, which is a premium pick. Now, he's a very raw uh, player in Davion Taylor. They drafted a linebacker in the sixth round. Um, which you don't expect as much out of. But um, they're trying to get more athletic. They're trying to get better. You know, you look at – you just saw Tampa Bay win the Super Bowl. And besides Tom Brady, and obviously that's going to get all the the notice and all the the press and, and, and media. But, I mean, the best player on that team during the entire run was Devin White, who's a linebacker. And, you know, he was the fifth pick in the draft. So while as a whole, I I agree with the Eagles' sentiment over the years that the position has been devalued, I I don't think there's any question. You can't really argue against that. 
most teams still need understand they need two linebackers and they need two good linebackers at the bare minimum. Um, and look, if if you're a difference making player, you're a difference making player. It doesn't matter if you play linebacker, safety, running back, quarterback. Obviously, quarterback is more important, but you can put the imprint on a game from any position still. And and a guy like Devin White proves that. And then you look at Nick Rollis, who's, who's um, the linebackers coach now. And where does he come from? He comes from Minnesota. Well, the Vikings, you know, before this year, they had a top five defense. That's three, three, four years in a row uh, before injuries and, and opt-outs and attrition just killed him this year. And one of those injuries, two of those injuries, were Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks, two of the best linebackers in football. And and Barr was, I think, I, I don't know, somewhere 9, 10, 11, somewhere in that range. I don't know exactly, but he was a high draft choice. And Eric Kendricks was a second-rounder, a uh, little bit undersized, but developed into to a great linebacker. Point is, they've you know invested in the position. At some point, the Eagles got to do a little bit more. And if you think uh, about, and I say Nick Rollis, Jonathan Gannon also comes from Minnesota. Before he was in Indianapolis, he was under Mike Zimmer in Minnesota, who values the position. So you would think the Eagles are going to put more emphasis on the linebacker position. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to take Micah Parsons at number six overall. I don't think they're going to do that. But they're going to try to upgrade this position. It's been a long time before we could actually say that and have some conviction about it. Why why has there been a devalue overall for the linebacker position? And and I'll give you my answer, and, and we've talked about this. It's because of how the offense how the offensive, you know, schemes and how they've evolved. So, you know, you don't have the traditional middle linebacker, whether it's, you know, from Brian Erlacher to Ray Lewis, uh, and then you can even go further back in the game. It's the game's different now, but because of that old way of thinking, how I look at it is teams and the Eagles are the prime example. They haven't figured out how to use the linebacker in today's game. Like just because it's different doesn't mean it's less important. And maybe they learned that the hard way. No, yeah, I agree with both your points. I mean, it, it's less valuable because linebackers don't play as much. I mean, you, we always say the 4-3, the 4-3 base. Well, the 4-3 base isn't your base defense anymore. Your your base defense is nickel, uh, where there's only two linebackers on the field. Um, and really, if you add in all the sub packages, um, there's only one linebacker that plays all three downs, generally for every NFL team. Now, if you have better ones, like I just mentioned, you have Barr and, and Kendricks in Minnesota when they're healthy. And when you have, I mentioned Devin White, Levante David in Tampa. You know, those guys are so good, you keep them on the field no matter what because they can do different things. Uh, and they can excel in pass coverage uh, as much as whether it's stopping the run or blitzing the quarterback in, in, in all three phases. So, I, 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 yeah, the traditional middle linebacker, the Dick Butkus, uh, the, those guys aren't needed any longer for a number of reasons. One, you can't be as physical. Intimidation has basically been taken out of the game. So um, what's the use? You're just going to get 
you know, 15-yard flags. And then the second part is obviously, uh, you know, what Jim Schwartz always said, and it's correct, defense is a reactionary uh, uh, thing by nature. You have to react to what the offense is doing. And the offense is, has three, four, five receivers, five guys split out empty backfields. you got to have guys who can cover. So um, it, it, it's difficult to find guys who can do both. Um, there's a lot, interestingly, there's probably a lot more athletes in, in, in Davion Taylor because of the way football is being played at the college level is a perfect example of that. That guy can run with anybody. But, uh, I mean, he's so raw. Um, he, he doesn't know what he's doing as far as run support. And then all of a sudden you get into a game where you're facing Derrick Henry or somebody like that, and you got linebackers who can't play run support. Um, so uh, it's difficult to find guys like Devin White. That's why I say, you know, people say you can't take a linebacker at five. Well, Tampa Bay did, and they won the Super Bowl in large part because they took a linebacker at five. Problem is, you got to be honest with yourself. There's everything in evaluation. And I bring up Parsons. He's probably the best linebacker in this draft. He's not Devin White. So I do think it's not worth taking a guy like that at six. Um, but if it were a Devin White year, yeah. I mean, best player, take the best player. I don't care about valuation. I don't want the fourth best quarterback over what I just saw Devin White do over an entire postseason run. Uh, because if you're getting the fourth best quarterback, that's probably a guy who's maybe the 30th best player. But people are so quarterback desperate, they reach for him. You know, you say all the time, and you know a lot of people do, and I completely agree with this. You, you take the best player if you're at a certain position for the NFL draft. But isn't that easier said than done uh, for a lot of teams, John? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's always easier said than done because yeah, need is – and I, I always get, go back to Brian Billick is the first one who told me. It's, it's a quote that goes way back before him, but – he said, need is the worst talent evaluator in sports. It makes it clouds your thinking. It, it makes things foggy. And the most obvious position is quarterback. So we look at this year's draft, and you're supposed to have four quarterbacks and might go in the top ten. Well, it, let's be honest. Trevor Lawrence is one of those prospects that, you know, any year he's going to be the number one pick in the draft. It, 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 you know, you, you go back to the Jameis Winston draft, that's not a Trevor Lawrence draft. The Jared Goff, Carson Wentz draft, that's not a Trevor Lawrence draft. The Andrew Luck draft, that's a Trevor Lawrence draft. That's the kind of prospect he is. So no issues with him. Then you start talking about Zach Wilson and Justin Fields and Trey Lance. Well, I, I, I mean, Zach Wilson is probably going to go number two. He's not the second best player in this draft. No way. Uh, and, and, you know, wherever fields go, and ultimately I think somebody's going to trade up to get him, so he's probably going to go three or four. He's not the third or fourth best player in this draft. And and, and similar with Trey Lance. It, it's, you watch how it falls. And we're still really early in the process. There's a guy who can go, in my opinion, either direction, depending on evaluation. Uh, but if quarterback desperate teams start seeing quarterbacks drop off the board, he's going to get pushed up the board farther than he should. And I look at some of the most dominant players 
uh, over recent years, and I keep mentioning them, Farrakhan, Devin White's one of them, uh, the, the, the linchpin I always talk about that put San Francisco in the Super Bowl uh, was uh, Bosa, uh, again, a defensive and edge rusher. Uh, Nick Bosa was sort of the final piece of the puzzle to that defensive front, turning them into a terror. And all of a sudden, San Francisco is riding a running game and a defense into the Super Bowl. There are other ways. Don't get me wrong. If you find a great quarterback, that's obviously the easiest way to success in this league. No question about it. But there are other ways to do it. And when you have a player like Nick Bosa or you have a player like Devin White, just take them. Like you said here, we're a ways away from, you know, NFL draft and just deep dives and and discussions. And uh, we still have some time just calendar wise. But who do you project to be the best player available when the Eagles are on the clock at number six? Well, I think they'll be helped uh, by the fact that the quarterbacks will be pushed up the board. And ultimately, I think all three of those guys are are going uh, to be in the top five of this draft. So right there, you're you're sitting at number six. That means three quarterbacks are gone, and you're looking at every other position uh, you're going to get a good player. And I, I think the best player would be Jamal Chase, and you're hopeful that he falls to number six. I don't know if that's possible. I, I don't think there's any question Devontae Smith is going to be there. So, um, you, you know, that's a tough evaluation because he does have a lack of, of size that you have to be concerned about. But guess what? I mean, not his second run here, but his first run, Sean Jackson's first run was pretty good. And nobody was worried about his size as he became, you know, one of the best home run hitters in NFL history. Um, You know, maybe go in that direction. I I think the Eagles have too much depth at left tackle, but we'll see. I mean, Lane Johnson, you have to be concerned about his uh, injury history. Uh, And who knows, you know, if you're in a transition phase, the Eagles might, look to move on from expensive players. I don't think they're going to give up on Andre Dillard. You know, Jordan Mylott is here, Jack Driscoll. So they have a lot of bodies there. I'm not sure they would go offensive tackle with Sewell, but, uh, I mean, there's another player that could be in in play there. And then you have, I think, both cornerbacks are are going to be there for the Eagles, the two top corners in the draft. And, obviously, they need help. At that position, uh, opposite Darius Slay. Um, so I, I always, you know, the Eagles are in a good position in this draft for two reasons. One, they're really high up, so it's going to be easier to pick a, a, a really good player. And second, uh, again, you can throw the dart at the dartboard and you're going to find a need. So you can pretty much take whoever you think the best player is, and that's going to be a need on this football team, more likely than not. You know, and I asked you that question because, all right, let's say Smith is there and that is hypothetically the best player available and the Eagles don't take him. Well, you know, then then why didn't they take him? Then you have to look at that and say their philosophy isn't taking the best available. So 
why not go linebacker, you know, or why not go, you know, whatever other direction, offensive line, offensive tackle, um, you know, so you've just detailed a lot of this, but if they don't go Devontae Smith and just to play along, he is the best available. What position should they look at for number six? Well, I, I mean, the most obvious, if the Carson Wentz trade goes through, um, and we all think it's going to, even though um, things have slowed down dramatically, I can't imagine they would bring him back for a multitude of reasons. He doesn't want to be here. They don't want him here. I don't think you would want to put a quarterback controversy on a, a rookie head coach. We just talked about the coaching staff and how young and inexperienced it is. Then you want to throw that on top of them. Uh, I mean, you're almost trying to fail. Uh, so ultimately, I think he gets traded. And I always go back to 2016 when the Eagles took Carson Wentz and Howie Roseman traded up twice uh, to get up to number two. And one of the things he said was, we don't plan on being here this high in the draft. Uh, very often, um, turns out they got not that high, but they're high in the draft far earlier than they would have hoped or expected. Uh, and he said, when you're up here, you better take advantage of it and get the quarterback. So if they are up at number six, um, and they are up at number six, and one of those quarterbacks falls, and it would most likely be at Fields, you got to think long and hard. If Carson Wentz isn't here, and he's not going to be here, you're just going to say Jalen Hurts is my future quarterback? If if you do your evaluation, and remember, remember Ryan, the, the pro days, there's no combine. The pro days are very limited. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is having his pro day um, coming up, and there's only seven teams allowed in. Now, nobody has a chance at tre Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, only one team has a chance, but you go through the motions. Only seven teams are allowed in. The Eagles are one of them. Why is that important? Not important for any other reason that it's clear they're going to be doing their due diligence at the quarterback position. And that means Zach Wilson, and that means Justin Fields, and that means Trey Lance. So if they do their evaluation and they think, and I use Fields because he would be the most likely to fit into that category and the most likely to be available, if they think he's going to be a superstar player, you take the quarterback. Man, I, I'm just I'm uh, envisioning Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts, and potentially your top draft pick, who's a quarterback. Well, no, walking into camp. <laughs> I, they, I know. For some reason, they they kept Carson Wentz, which again, I don't think. It's going to happen. They would not take a quarterback. Um, and, and by the way, I mean, you know, and we all, and what I just said about need and, and you should take the best player available. The Eagles, every team in this league has made a mistake of, of reaching for a need at some point, every single team. Uh, that's just the pressure is so great. Um, and if you're weighing a, a couple players and say, well, this guy's probably a little bit better, but we don't need uh, a quarterback. We don't need a, a defensive end or whatever position it might be. So we're going to take the lesser player, the slightly lesser player, because it's a position of need. 
The Eagles uh, are, are like every other team in the NFL. They've done that at, at certain points. And everybody uh, typically grows to re- regret it. Last one here for you, John. And, you know, while we're on the topic of the draft here tonight, now what what makes Bill Belichick historically so brilliant at evaluating talent and finding talent that others can't seem to find and have people tried to duplicate that and if not or if so why haven't more tried to duplicate what he does because it just seems like he has no pressure he knows what he wants he knows where to find it and he's able to deliver well i think bill's a little i always compare bill belichick Andy Reid, for obvious reasons, I think a lot of people do. Um, two best coaches of this generation. Bill's obviously number one, Andy's number two. Uh, but Andy has a better coaching tree, the more successful coaching tree. And the reason why is he takes pride in it. He, he really tries to get his uh, assistants ready to take that next step and, and to be successful head coaches. Whereas Bill just kind of keeps everything to himself. And I, and I think um, a perfect example of this was Josh McDaniels. And when he got the Indianapolis job um, and he backed out of it, you know, one of the reasons he backed out of it was um, Bill wanted him back. And Bill said, if you come back, we'll, we'll give you the keys to the kingdom. We'll open up everything to you. In other words, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, what I haven't been telling you. I'll teach you what I haven't been teaching you. Uh, it's a, he's always been a, a micromanager, uh, and you're right. He knows what he wants, and he, he's, he's probably the best coach ever. At Coaches always talk about this. They pay lip service to maximizing strengths and, and, and minimizing you know the deficiencies as much as possible. He, he's the guy who looks at a player and says, oh, okay, he can do this, but he can't do this, so I'm not going to ask him to do what he can't do. I, I don't think there's ever been a better coach to utilize the strengths of his players than Bill Belichick. There he is, Johnny Mack, and we're going to get into break uh, in just a second. I'm going to put that on hold for a second because uh, that fires automatically. But, Jay Mack, uh, dropping knowledge. That was a good change of pace, man. You know, I, I was – I was really getting, you know, affected by the Carson Wentz saga. So <laughs> I sensed it in your mood. I wanted to. I wanted to shift around. I think we're all sick of Carson Wentz, but I like Carson personally. I hope he's doing well down in Texas. You know what? I, I do as well, man. And and I've been critical, but when it's all said and done, uh, I'm going to wish him nothing but the best. Uh, and it's nothing but the best every night at 7:30 here with our insider. John McMullen. All right, John, I appreciate it. We'll do it one more time tomorrow. All right, thanks, Ryan. Thank you. There he is, Johnny Mack. All right, let's get into a break. Uh, Much more on the other side, including Jeff Parles. Stick around. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.